0: Welcome to episode 57 of They Think It's All Over, The Soccer Jersey Show. about listeners, that's right, it's the Soccer jersey show today as we have a very special feature coming up on MLS. But before we get there, I'm Adrian, Football show Italia who's joining me today? It's Mike at Soccer Jerseys, not really Footy Shirts, but and it's Tom at Jersey
1: Fan.
2: And Scott at, I don't have a football shirt handle, at Fine Scotty. How are you, Scott? Right? Yeah, good mate, thanks. Good to be back. Been a bit busy with work, but
0: you okay though?
2: Yeah, I know what you're <laughs> referencing.
0: Watching you football this weekend?
2: No, thankfully I was working, so I've also not been on Twitter because
0: Liverpool fans. <laughs> <laughs> With that, let's move on to this week's news.
1: So I've actually picked out two personal little nubs of news this week that have caught my eye, and I'm going to start. I'll start on the the more light-hearted stuff because Sutton United celebrated a very special milestone this weekend and it was their 125th year, going back from 1898. So to celebrate, they had a whole day of activities around their fixture with Crew Alexandra and very late in the day, they announced that they were going to be wearing a special kit that commemorated the first kit they ever wore in 1898. And it confused the absolute shit out of everybody in the stadium because they only announced this on Twitter. And when Crew came out wearing their away kit, of course, Crew traditionally a team that wears red as their home strip, Sutton came out in a red kit, which they've never worn since 1898. So everybody was completely confused by this and didn't really understand what was going on. But essentially, it's a pretty basic O'Neill's red strip as they wore in 1898, two-tone stripe on it, and it's got the names of every player to ever play for the club on the back of the shirt as well. So a nice touch, but not a very nice shirt. Yeah, I, I saw it. I'll be
3: honest with you, I'm I'm just not sold on a lot of what O'Neill's do, especially for sort of like the, the the English teams and and so on that they got involved with. Some of the sort of like League of Ireland stuff they do looks pretty cool, but it, I don't know. I, I'm probably going to get shit for this but I just think it all looks a bit cheap and a little bit thrown together to
0: be honest with you. I didn't mind it I think it's a nice touch with some nice design things in there and I also like that we sort of cover stories like this it's not just all about the big teams like Liverpool and Manchester United is it Scott what, what about you are you in Seven Heaven with this shirt or
2: make your editing job very difficult this weekend if <laughs> you keep <up. laughs> and we didn't make fun of you it wasn't didn't Criminasi or whatever they're called win their first ever game in Syria recently
0: not first ever game just like first game in 25 years <laughs> let's not delve into
2: football politics football short politics is bad enough Tom what else you got
0: yeah so the other
1: thing it was interesting actually so as I'm sure a lot of people were aware, when Russia invaded the Ukraine last year, a lot of Western brands pulled out of Russia and decided to stop operating there for obvious reasons, as a way of protest. And one of the brands that did this was Nike, who, of course, manufactured teams like Zenit St. Petersburg, uh, Cisco Moscow, and Lokomotiv, I believe, and... They pulled out, so Zenit, for example, have been playing the remainder of their season with the Nike-designed kit, but without the Nike branding on it. And of course, this week, Zenit did unveil a new kit, a newly designed kit for the new season, manufactured by the Spanish brand Joma. Now, this is controversial in the main part because Joma are the manufacturers of the Ukraine national team sportswear and their kit. And of course, They also designed that kit that famously got banned because it included the map of Ukraine, including the occupied territories like Crimea and eastern Ukraine. So Joma are under a lot of fire and the Ukrainian FA are are rightly demanding answers and they're also looking at bringing in a new manufacturer for the national team. It's it's definitely a strange move, isn't it? I mean,
3: trying to put all of that stuff aside just to talk about the kits very very briefly i think they're okay kits as well um and now we've got that done i think it's a shitty move i'm I'm amazed that that it's happening if i were yeah I, i don't know i just you can't imagine what what the, the people at Joma were thinking with this one. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to do this for me. That is there really that much benefit in taking on one more club in in that situation? And I know that the clubs are not responsible for everything that's going on. You can't, you know, put the blame on a football team. However, at the moment. Just stay clear, just stay away from it. And then, you know, once once this stuff's mo- moved on, which hopefully, you know, we will get an end to it, then maybe think about it.
2: But right now, it just seems like a really, really bad move from Joma. Is it cynical to think it could be about money? You know, they're, they're, they're one of the rich, they were a rich team, weren't they? They had Hulk and they were kind of, they got taken over by a rich owner. So maybe the lack of kit manufacturer, they've, thrown out a huge offer and some kind of culturally dull person at Joma has made the decision that they think the money is better than than popular opinion I don't know it's the only reason I can think that because as you said Mike they must watch the news
3: yeah well what
2: what other reason would it be apart from a massive wad of cash
3: yeah
2: money talks doesn't it yeah because the exposure they're getting is going to be nothing but negative It it has to be cash it has to be
0: very, very odd move indeed. Anybody got anything else this week that they want to call out before we move on? Not kit-wise, but I'd really
3: like to celebrate the fact that Villa, Chapman and Bayern all won at the same weekend. That I, I don't know of any time that's ever happened before, so I don't care if it's not kit news, it's brilliant and we should all be happy
0: about it. I think that's enough news for now. Mike, come on, tell us what we've got, what's coming up?
3: Yeah so uh, obviously we we've, we've mentioned it a few times in previous weeks that we've been trying to get together this little MLS special and we finally got it together so we spoke to the guys from the MLS UK show podcast uh, that is Elliot Holman and Henry Hewitt and I think everybody's really going to enjoy this one so yeah enjoy America For today's feature, as promised on previous weeks, we've got an MLS special. And because we don't know an awful lot about it, we've got the the real experts in. So today we're really, really glad to be joined by Elliot Holman and Henry Hewitt, who do the MLS UK
4: show. How are you guys? Very good. Thanks very much for having us. Yeah, very good. I love the shirt you're wearing, by the way. That is a proper classic MLS (laughs) shirt.
3: Yeah, so any, any anyone who follows me on Twitter would be sick of the sight of these because I, I am I am a bit of an MLS fan, more more along the lines of the shirts than the football. If I'm honest with you, but my particular collection, when it comes to MLS, focuses on the old wizard shirts. So I've got th- th- this is a question we're bound to ask you later on is about some of your favorite MLS kits, but this is my favorite of all time. I've got the the home to match it as well. It's, nice. it's a, an absolute iconic pair. And anybody who knows me listening to this will know exactly what shit I'm talking about. I don't even need to tell. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, you guys, you do the MLS UK show. So do, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? How you got started?
4: Uh, yeah, well, me and Elliot worked together on the radio um, and when the songs were playing and we were in the studio, uh, we were talking normally about football and you know, we talk about our, our English teams. I support Bolton. He supports Norwich, and uh, we'd normally be moaning about, you know, how they were playing. So then, uh, Elliot went over to Orlando and saw watched Orlando playing, He was like, "You've got to get on this. You've got to get on MLS. It's great." And to be honest, my experience of MLS was mainly um, like when David Beckham went over. I think that's a lot of us in the UK kind of paid attention then. And then swiftly lost interest. So I was like, mm, OK, right. And then I, I watched it and I was hooked. And we started the podcast and uh, we're still here six years, five years, Elliot, afterwards. six, six, six six season, yeah. That's
3: not bad going. I hope we can make it for, for six years, to be honest with you. We're just into our first year and we feel like we're lucky to have made it that far. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't do, don't do six. <laughs> <laughs> Bolton, Norwich are your English teams. Who are your MLS teams? So I'm Orlando.
5: Uh, uh, That's where I I went, uh, went on holiday, watched Orlando, went to one of their first ever games because they were were a new team in 2015. Um, And I just, I can't describe it. Like we don't, um, you have to have been to football abroad in, you know, maybe like um, Italy, Germany, like to, to get how it, how intense it was and how just, I was just, buzzing like it was so good it, it honestly it gives me goosebumps just like talking about it it was just so good they were playing um at, at Camping World Stadium in in Orlando which was their like stadium they shared before they got their own which is huge and it was just full and it was just uh, just amazing and I just thought we don't we don't have this in in the UK like this you know we have passionate fans and you know and I think we have the, the best fans but the experience lacks a, a lot I think um, and so yeah, I, that was it. That was I was hooked from from day one. And then Henry
4: had to just choose a team. I'm not quite convinced on his method. Yeah, I, I wish I had as good a story as Elliot. Mine was literally I'd never been to the states at that point, but I had been on a connecting flight through America, and it stopped in Atlanta. So uh, I chose Atlanta because of that. But in my defence, uh, when that was when I chose them, it was their first season. So I thought, well choose a new team um, and it was them and Minnesota who joined at the same time and Minnesota doing okay at the moment but I am glad they chose Atlanta in the end
3: <laughs> yeah it, it seems as far as silverware goes it definitely seems like it was a wise choice at the moment but <laughs> but sp- speaking of teams doing well so what did you think of the first first weekend it was quite an exciting weekend of football really wasn't it? I was just saying to Tom there were some mad games with incredibly late go- late winning goals and, and comebacks and sort do a really good start to the season
5: yeah if you're not um a big follower of MLS you might not know but, but uh, apple have just bought the rights to to MLS to broadcast it so um for people like me and Henry the shadows who have been staying up until 3 4 in the morning trying to find streams of Portland v Seattle and you know it's just it is heaven. It is absolute football heaven. Like we just any game, any screen, any time, any place, like you can just watch it. There's no restrictions. So that's massive for us. Like I can't tell you how much, you know, and our podcast has jumped massive numbers this season because it's more accessible for people. Um so so that's that's fantastic. The first weekend didn't didn't disappoint either. Um I think it's in a really interesting place. There's a lot of teams that are trying to trying to come back um teams that have been successful you know in our sort of era of the last 10 years toronto bought big big name players in they that that has to work it's a big gamble it has to pay off um you know columbus have seen success seattle we've seen them lift mls cup recently but they've really struggled of late so
4: it's it's fascinating at the minute and uh, yeah the the first week didn't disappoint yeah i think um you know for those who aren't really into mls Um, And I I can understand why, because a lot of people have have cited the playoff system as a reason why uh, they're not into it as much. You know, you think in the European leagues, in the Premier League, you know, there's drama throughout the season because you're fighting for positions, whereas a lot of people look at MLS and think, well, you're fighting for a playoff spot, which now, as we'll discuss later, like the top nine teams or eight teams in each conference get playoff spots. Um, So where's the drama in the, the main season? But no, What we saw at the weekend is just a regular season uh, season match in in MLS. You know, there's late goals and drama all over the place. Fight and win! Fight and win! Come on, Seattle!
1: Come on, Seattle! So I'm kind of coming into this. Mike is very much the... The expert out the two of us on on MLS matters I'm the one that needs to be educated really so what I'd really like to ask you guys is could you kind of give us in a brief way like a rundown of who is the top team in the MLS currently who are the ones to watch and who are the real you know the fodder of the league <laughs>
5: Uh I will try not to be too biased. Um so <laughs> me and me and Henry will, will will agree, and most people agree. There's there's fashionable teams and cool teams, and then there's uh some of the ones that are maybe still good, but they're just not, you know, they, they've not got that sort of swag swag brand going on. So LAFC are kind of like the the team. Um, you know, they've got Carlos Vela um, you know, love it came into the league maybe five years ago. Uh, obviously, had Gareth Bale won MLS Cup last season. They've kind of they, they do it. They build themselves a good roster. You know, they they really maximise the rock, roster capacity, um, and they you know they got it going on. Lovely stadium. Um, fans have got a great energy. But then contrast that with with Philadelphia, who took them the whole way to the final um, last season, and they're not they're not as cool but, you know, they just do it in a different way. And, you know, they had just as much success um, bar a very, very late Gareth Bale golf. Um, so you kind of get, you get those two, those two sides of things. Um, and and if we, you know, if we focus on, on the West, there's a lot of teams like Colorado um, who have kind of been there for years and years and they're sort of a bit sleepy um, LA galaxy, five time champions, but, haven't done it. Me and Henry have never seen them do anything. Yeah, everyone talks about how uh, fantastic LA Galaxy It's Kind of like Forest when they're in Europe. Everyone talks about it, but we've never seen it. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's just fantastic for for a contrast. There's there's something for everyone. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, and I think uh, in terms of Fodder, it's what well, the the best thing about MLS is that a team could finish first or second in the conference, like Colorado, they finished. Top of the conference two years ago. And then last year, they finished about 10th or 11th. You know, it's you have got your teams that tend to do well. Seattle, have, have traditionally, uh, it actually last season was the first time we didn't make the playoffs in about their 10 seasons, whatever it is, in MLS. Ironically, we did win the CONCACA Champions League. So it was a, a very good season, despite that. Um, but uh, so, yeah, teams can just. Have these great seasons and then drop by the I mean, next season, like uh, at Sporting Kansas City, for example. Who, of course, were the Wizards uh, years ago. They, it seems, that every season they do, they do well and then they they're at the bottom and then they do well and then they're at the bottom. So, um, yeah. but I mean, saying that there is there is the fodder about you know Houston Dynamo fans will not mind me saying they've been poor for the last few for the last four or five years. Um, you know, DC Chicago. United were, Chicago were poor. DC United have done okay, but they've been poor the last few years. So there are teams that um yeah, we would we I think maybe calling DC United fodder is a bit harsh, but there is definitely a few fodder teams in there.
3: Uh, I think I think that's inevitable in a e to be fair. I think like you guys said that the 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 team that I'm keen to see how they do this year is Toronto because like you say they're they're bringing in big names, you know, especially with some of the Italians like Bernadeschi that they got in there. There's, you know, there's I think there's a lot more pressure on Toronto to, to perform and, than some of the other guys. But one thing you touched on earlier, actually, is obviously anybody that doesn't know w- with MLS, like you say, you've got your, your conference season and then obviously a certain amount of teams will go through to the playoffs. Now, that's going to change quite big this season because they're going down the route of a lot of other American sports, aren't they? Does either one of you want to jump in and explain to everybody how it's changing? <laughs> Henry's um, good at well,
5: explaining
4: it. I'm good at being angry about it.
5: <laughs>
1: yeah,
4: I think uh, we we our, our episode this week where we talked about it. I think we uh, we measured that I, I talked four minutes straight about this and ranting about it. Uh, when there's only two of you on the podcast, that's quite impressive. Um, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know what we we put the episode out on Tuesday and we've had some comments on our YouTube channel just saying from American MLS fans saying. You know, us saying it, well, it's a very American way of doing it is actually quite disrespectful, which we weren't meant to. You know, we weren't mean to be, but they were saying that it actually works. It works in other uh, sports, the sort of best of three method. Because last year it was like a, a sh- you know single game knockouts. You know, we you'd have the it was kind of like I, I guess if if there's anyone who watches rugby league, it was kind of like what the Super League do, where the team who finishes top gets a buy into the next stage, and then it's you kind of got it oh, all like the, the National League, actually, in um, in England, where if you finish top of the playoff zone, you get a buy into the next stage and the rest, you know, play and fight it out until they meet you. And um, that's what it was. And uh, We have said on the podcast, we thought it worked very well. And now that Apple's come in and, and uh, you know, Apple want more matches, then they have now come up with this best of three method, which... For me, and I think Elliot's the same, it's one of those where it doesn't sound good, it doesn't sound very soccer, it doesn't sound any traditionally football as we know it, but it's what they do and it's what they want to do and it could end up being the best thing to happen to the league, who knows?
3: Yeah, I think it I think to anybody on the outside, I, I don't think it's unfair, like you say, to have, have judged it as a very American thing. Cause for me, it was my immediate thought. You know, I've kind of half followed NBA for most of most of my life. And I think the difference with something like NBA when you obviously they do best of seven series and so on, like it, I think when a game is as fine a margins as something like basketball, I think it it kind of it's a bit different to have that best of system. But with football, it's difficult to see it you know maybe translating in the same way and getting that excitement but like i say i won't come to you then elliot if you're just going to get really angry about it so <laughs> m- m- maybe we should just leave it there the one of the questions i would like to ask you though is is what do you guys think about um the fact that there's still no relegation with mls do you think that's something that they should consider and does need to be brought in at some point soon
5: we're we're quite measured on this i, th- I think um as as brits traditionalists of football we kind of um, I am an I'm a Norwich fan. I know relegation well. I know promotion well as well. Um, you know, I, I think it definitely adds something. I, I think at, at the end of the season, I, I've, I've been to um, final games of the season in, in MLS. Uh, I went to Orlando, home to, to Columbus. Neither team had anything to play for. Dead game, completely dead game um whereas if you introduce relegation and promotion of course that it there's absolutely no argument to say that it wouldn't add something like i don't you know i i stand by that 100 percent. however i do understand that they are having a problem in america less so now but uh, you know 10 five 10 years ago they had a problem where it wasn't the main it's not the main sport in america you know, and so getting people through the door is, is important. So it has to be the highest level of soccer that, that you're paying for to go and see. So I, I do understand why they haven't done it. Because if you start, start relegating teams like into Miami probably would have gone down already. Uh You know, t- teams that that are trying to build a brand, I, th- I think it's, it's too damaging at this stage. Um, I do think it's something that they have to look at though.
1: I'm just going to jump in and be devil's advocate with this as well. I mean, you raise a good point there about the kind of, you know, the financial side and raising the profile of clubs in the league. But do you think also not having that relegation system can be a huge bonus for American soccer in general in terms of developing talent in terms of the national team? Because you say like there's can be an element of like dead games, but could that also be an opportunity to play Youth players to play players on the periphery of the squad and and develop that talent and future generations. Do you think? I think so. Yeah. but
5: Also, they have, they have to. As, as I'll let Henry Henry touch on. They, in the rosters, they have to have a certain amount of young players and under twenty two players. And um, so, I, I think
4: they kind of have that box box maybe ticked ticked already. Yeah, it, um, you know, we do. But I, yeah, I agree with your point. I think you know the amount of players that are going over to. Uh, especially the Premier League now, who are young players from the uh, you know from mls in the u s um I think the fact that we don't have relegation and there's no pressure like yes, they can be dull games, they can be nothing on them, but there's no pressure on on them going down. so um you know I personally I, I can see a bonus for promotion and relegation. I think MLs is fine as it is, um you know, even though they've now got half a league getting playoff spots, which is ridiculous, but uh, I think on the whole, it's it's fine as it is. So um, if they brought it in, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting how they would do it. I think what they'd probably do is they'd uh, give out some more MLS franchises rather than have them relegated to like the USL or or you know lower leagues like that. It would just be a, a straight uh, two sort of league tier. So you'd either be in MLS A or MLS B or Eastern Conference A or Eastern Conference B, for example. I think they'd do it that way rather than just relegating them from MLS as a, as a franchise because, uh, yeah, you know, the amount of money it takes, it, people are spending $300 million to get a team in MLS now. So if you pay that much and then you're relegated, you're not going to be too happy.
3: But there is one other thing, before we move on to the kits, which is what people are here to actually li- listen to us talk about. The other thing I do think is quite exciting is also because this year we've got a new edition, which is, I think it's called the League's Cup which is the mix with the Liga MX, isn't it? So, like, 47 clubs, I think it is, from across America and Mexico. We're all going into a big knockout tournament together. What do you guys
4: think about it? Do you think that's going to be a welcome addition? Um, yes, I, I think there has been... So, this is now this Extended Leagues Club, There has been a mini version in the last few years. They've tested it out. But I think, um, you know, I, the thing with MLS and what we love is that they are willing to try new things. You know, if you brought this in, in, in England, for example, and had. Uh, La Liga versus the Premier League, or La Liga or La Liga Two versus the Championship. I, I don't think it would necessarily go down well. But with MLS, they they want to build the league. They want to build a relationship with the Liga MX as well. And um, and yeah, I think it's again, it's it's another thing where we'll wait and see. It's it's going to be the whole of pretty much the whole of July, so and uh, August. So it it could actually be. We could be just pining for MLS back at by the end of it. Oh, we could look and think, well, that's like a mini World Cup or a, you know a mini tournament within the season. Um, how good was that? And it, it could then educate us on Liga MX teams because you know I've got to admit when we're coming to the podcast and say, oh, they've signed this LA, LA Galaxy have signed this player from Liga MX. I don't really know the league. I don't know the player. It's uh, so it, hopefully it'll educate us as well.
3: Sounds good. Right. Well, I think we, we best move on to kits, haven't we? So I'm going to get, I'm going to get straight in with it. We recently tweeted from our our socials about the uh, specifically the new drop of MLS kits this year. And I mean, they've had a pretty good reception. They seem to be apart from the ones who like to be a little bit different all saying they're all awful and so on. you, You get one of those, one or two of those every now and again, but generally they've been really well received by everybody. So what do you guys think? do you think do you think they're, they're g- good good kits any particular favorites
5: they're certainly um certainly good there's certainly there's there is every year there's always good kits every year in MLs but I think more widespread across the league this time um, uh, a lot of people are saying it's because the Adidas deal was up um, and it's since been renewed since they've come out with with all of these uh, We can only speculate on that uh, and we can only see what they do next year. But um, certainly this has been the the strongest year for kits since, since we've been following the league. Um, We had a very bland period a couple of years ago where all the away kits were just white, you know, and playing, playing boring. I I think there's a place for a white kit. I love a white kit, but uh, it it just seemed like every other team had just a plain white away kit. Um, This year, mixture of colors, bold designs. Um, For me, uh, as an Orlando fan, I speak about the Orlando jersey first. It, it, it's it's purple with a gold trim. I think it's beautiful. Uh, I think purple and gold together is really really lovely. Um, but Minnesota win it for me. I'd absolutely adore the the new Minnesota kit with the uh, with the skyline uh, of the city.
4: It's, uh, I think it's fabulous. Great colours as well. Yeah, well, as a Bolton fan, I'm not going to slag off a white kit, but uh, <laughs> it, has its, it has its place. But, uh, yeah, I do agree with Elliot, you know, a few years ago, because on the podcast, one of the things we do is we get my wife to review the kits because she can look at it, at it from a well, – but she's a makeup artist, so she can look at it at colours, but also she's not looking at traditions and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, she did it this year, and she she, yes, yeah, she actually commented and saying how good – the jerseys were compared to recent years. Um, I like that Minnesota kit. I, I love the Chicago one. She described it as being like three D glasses, which I would uh, I would agree with. The sort of uh, blue and red sort of uh, squares on the on the top. It's very nice. Um, so yeah, it's uh, but you know we've had a good response from them. Some people love them. Some people don't. I, I asked my dad and he just likes the Vancouver kit because it's got it's white and blue down the middle. But he doesn't like, he's a 60-odd-year-old man. He doesn't like the uh, extravagant kits. So I think it's about your taste. But I think overall, it's been well-received. I think that's what's so good about these releases that have
1: just come out, is there is something for everyone. Like you said, you have the more traditionalist, kind of simpler-looking styles. And Atalanta, for me, they've gone very, you know, it's, it's, it's very much an Atlantic kit. It's quite simple. It's very much their colours, the stripes. It looks like, to me, a casual observer. I would find it difficult to distinguish between this Atlanta shirt and one from a couple of years ago. Then you have stuff like the Philadelphia shirt, which I saw on Twitter. I think it went viral. Someone said it looked like the Simpsons intro, which is a little bit more funky, a little bit more off the wall. And I love the MLS Allows that for kit design. You know, you can go really extravagant and completely original. I think that I think that's a really good look. Um, one thing I did want to ask because it's possibly the one that's caught most people's eyes, and it's this Seattle Sounders, the Bruce Lee kit. Why has this come about and why is this a thing?
4: Um, you know what? I don't actually know about last time we did a Jimi Hendrix kit, which was quite like uh sort of um what's it called like acid wash do you know not acid wash. do you like the where you put a shirt in paint and then twin it so yeah like that so um I don't know but I mean the great kits and I said on the podcast I said it's it's I really like it I don't think I'd wear it myself I don't think I'd be able to pull it off myself but it's it is a great kit and yeah I'm not quite sure with that one why Seattle are, are so out there with them but um, you know, I have I've actually that Jimi Hendrix kit I have seen out in, in the UK a few people have bought it. So I'll definitely keep my eye out for the Bruce Lee one popping up around.
3: It's a it's a good kit, it's a strong kit. So I I think the connection with Bruce Lee, if I'm right, is that his he he's 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 buried in Seattle or his great his uh, grave is in Seattle or something. I think that's what the I mean football shirts have got some really, really tenuous links when they start <laughs> talking about wh- where the designs come from. But I mean we, we we talk about extravagant designs. Now that's not new for MLS. I think for, for someone like myself who is what I would I would refer to myself more as an MLS kit fanatic than I would an MLS fanatic, if I'm honest with you. But I think like I say, everybody thinks of MLS as the early days with these ridiculous designs and and iconic shirts that we've we've never seen the likes of since. I mean, and I think the same goes for some of the players that that the MLS is lucky to have, have had, because I think it gets a bit of an unfair rep as a bit of a, a retirement home for some players, which just the truth is, if you if you actually take the time to look at it, it's just simply not the case. A lot of these top, top players went there in their prime. So have you guys got any particular favourite shirts from sort of like, the, the you know, the, even back in the 90s, like the Wiz and... You know, the the mutiny and stuff like that, and then some of the players that wore them as well. Uh
4: yeah, I yeah, you're right, MLS has had some belters. Um, you know, the the probably the shirt I've got, um, which is not within reach, unfortunately, but I do have a um it's like a, a black and red MetroStars, New York, New Jersey Red Metro Stars with the uh, Yuri Jorkeff on the back, obviously the Bolton like that. So that's uh that's probably the, the best MLS shirt I have. But yeah, I think the one of my most favourite photos from MLS is the one from when they they launched the league in in the mid nineties, and everyone comes out in the kits and some of those kits. I mean, obviously the Wizards, like it's very similar to what you know. I don't know if that kit is from the, the you know first season, but
3: this yeah this this is like so, so um. Obviously with Wiz being my favourite, so that, there's actually a little bit of a, a quirk with that. So the one that they're wearing in that photo was never actually worn in the game. So that's technically a prototype that's actually different again to the 1996 match version. And then this is the 97 because they changed from the Wiz to the Wizards and then they had the yeah. Kansas City put on the front. Um, but I agree with you, that that photo, that that 96 photo... It's probably my favorite football photo of all time. The the yeah, the, yeah. the lineup of kits there is unreal.
4: You know, other MLS kits, I had uh, David Beckham, LA Galaxy, Herbalife uh, top, like a lot of quite a few people did in 2008 or whenever it was. But you know, that picture in between, you know, I like just the colors, like the Tampa Bay Mutiny. You know, like green and blue. I think it's an awful show, but it works and it looks good. And I think Valderrama played for them as well, and he it, 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 it could suit anything. But I think the the shirt from that period that I liked the most was um, New England Revolution. Uh, It was like the blue that we used to on a white. And it's kind of got like sunbeam red on it on the top. Now to me, because it's Reebok, it looks like, do you remember the uh, Chile shirts from like 1998 where I had the big Reebok? I think they're on FIFA 98 as well. I always, I, I wish that Bolton would, because Bolton and Reebok, I really hoped Bolton would have that design at some point it's never happened unfortunately but uh yeah so that kind of reminds me of that so uh yeah I'd go with I mean all of them shirts are great but that revolution shirt is is great from that one
1: see I'm a huge fan of LAFC's shirt from last season I know it's very you know popular to kind of when you talk about one of the greatest kits you always go 90s people always go 90s but I think that LAFC home shirt from last year like the kind of Gatsby-esque pattern on the front I think it's so so beautiful and people mm. lost their mind for that Italy Renaissance shirt from 2020 but that LAFC to me is just as good if not better for the black and gold and of yeah. course that was the year Gareth Bale, Chiellini, Vela they won the, the MLS Cup it's, it's one of the few MLS shirts I have that a prized one.
3: I think it's, it's a modern classic and it? it's probably going to go on and it'll go down but right we got Elliot back now And he's he's got a box of goodies to show us. (laughs) So what have we got?
5: (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, in no particular order, well, the order that I got them out of the box, some that I've picked up that I really like. So um, Portland actually went back to this last season. So they had a little um, tribute to this, but it's one with this. uh, It's got the sewn pattern down the middle. Um, of the two of the two greens which is really iconic for them so um, I picked that up a few years ago and then they immediately did a remake of it last season so I was like okay <laughs> clearly a classic uh, you talked about legends that uh, have played in MLS this is match worn so this is a this is a prize possession unfortunately oh, wow. it's, it's not that Henry it's a better Henry <laughs> um, wow. so that's the New York, New York Red Bulls so uh, so
3: yeah, for, for everyone listening, that's that's a, a a white New York Red Bulls uh shirt with Henri and number 14 on the back, which I think everybody knows who that guy is, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
5: This one, this one's actually
3: horrible, but
5: it's <laughs> just uh it's a throwback to the old Columbus, uh, old, old, because they've changed it again, badge. Uh so this is their original uh badge uh crew and uh I I once went to London uh, probably five years ago and I saw um, somebody walking around Waterloo station in that shirt. And I was like, I'm so desperate to talk to you because what, why (laughs) are you? I have so many questions as to why you have that. Um, uh, As a Norwich fan, this man is a bit of a legend. This is Kai Kamara of uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. So uh, he came on loan to Norwich and he scored on his debut and he was only there a matter of months and he just did so much in the community and he just made himself an absolute hero like cemented himself into uh, you know Norwich Norwich history and so um, yeah I got that and got that signed as well by uh, by the man himself he's now played for basically 99% of MLS clubs proper journeyman. <laughs> he's, moved, he's moved everywhere and that leaves me with three, three more this one's for Henry because it's an Atlanta one it's Atlanta's best shirt by a mile uh, because it's their peach peach one. So all white with uh, peach colour. And this one is actually uh, was given to Ed Sheeran by when he played a, a gig at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, so, yeah, 17, the year that they joined the league and they gave that to Ed and uh, he's auctioned it off. So
3: that, that that that's an that's an amazing one because what what I love about that is anybody who saw that shirt in in our little community would regard that as what we would call a ruined shirt because they would think that somebody had just stuck some random name set on the back but the story yeah. behind that is is yeah. fantastic that that's a great shirt to have in a collection It's also
5: not it's also not printed straight. The uh, seven is higher than the one on the back. Um, but it does come with certificate of uh, authentication. Otherwise, it, I would believe someone's just randomly printed that. Um, I admire
1: the diplomacy of saying peach and not another word for... Uh, that might describe Ed Sheeran's hair colour.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: true. I mean, this one, this one
5: doesn't need any words. This is just legend, legend status. David that's Beckham, what, LA that's... Galaxy, 2007. Prefer that to the to the traditional white. I think I don't really know why. I think maybe that this one just always stuck in my memory when I was younger when he was when he was playing there. Um, so yeah, uh, big fan of that. Uh, and Henry knows what's coming. I, I have to get Orlando in there. This is the this is the prize. There is a link to Beckham with this player. For um, so this is the Kaká Orlando City away signed. Um, last till recently, the last man to win the Ballon d'Or that wasn't Messi or Ronaldo, <laughs> 2007. <laughs> um, so it's just like I say, white plain white away shirt. Sometimes they work, but yeah, that's uh, signed by the man himself. So that's probably the the prize prize possession. <laughs> I think it's the the worst away kit Orlando have had. If I'm honest, um, I don't I don't particularly love it, but it's the Kaká era. <laughs>
1: I want to ask one thing because there's such a variety of namesets which have shown us there and of course MLS is kind of synonymous with these designated players the the superstars kind of thing and I know there's been links to Messi in the last few months perhaps with a move over to the States You know, is there any player that is in Europe perhaps towards the end of his career or maybe not that you just think would be a perfect fit for the league and you'd really like to see over in the States? Is there someone that comes to your mind when I ask you that?
4: Um, Well, without choosing Messi or Ronaldo, because that's an easy one. MLS has always been an attacking league. Um, They don't really... I mean, Kalini's gone over, but they don't really want defenders there. They want superstar strikers, and they want people who score loads of goals, and they want people who they can really uh, sell the league on. Um, So in that case, you know, I think looking at players who... I, yeah, I would love a player who's in his, you know, in his early twenties to go over and smash it. But I think realistically, it would be a, still a player who is, who is older. Um, thinking of, it's a tough one because thinking of uh, out of the box, I don't know Lewandowski. Let's go with him. I think mean, just a, a striker knows where the goal is. He would score. 30 goals in MLS. He would smash it uh, if he stayed fit. I mean, we had Higuain, who we all thought was going to smash it, and until the last two months of his career, which I would argue that is possibly because he wanted to win something when he knew he was retiring. Uh, I don't think he quite did it in MLS. So, but I think Lewandowski would be a a great player. I'd also I'd like him to join, like a Houston Dynamo or an RSL. You know, a team who aren't traditionally, you know, one of the the bigger teams. I think just go there, smash it, and try and win. That's a true challenge. If FIFA did the challenge for MLS, it would be that. Speaking of sort of like
3: fantasy players, there is always a final question we put to both of our guests. So, Tom, do you, do you want to ask it or do you want me to go ahead with this? It's your question. I think you should go for it.
1: So, we'd like to put a fantasy question to our guests. And the, the fantasy question is any shirt from any era, so MLS in, in your guys' case, with any player from any era, any team, you know, they don't have to have played for that team. But what would be your ultimate shirt player combo from the MLS?
4: Ooh. Um, you know what? And for me, the, the player I'm going to choose, and it's not JJ Acoccia. It is actually someone who didn't play for Bolton. But uh, my favourite non Bolton player of all time actually played in MLS. And Elliot's got his shirt. And it is probably because we've got the same name uh, Thierry Henry. I, I like when he was when he was playing in that Arsenal Invincibles team, he would, I don't think there was a better player in the Premier League. And I, I loved him. And so much so that I would make myself on football manager and then go up front. So at the top of the formation, it said Henry Hewitt, um, <laughs> which is possibly the saddest thing I've ever admitted out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, Thierry Henry. But I'm not going to choose Red Bulls or a Red Bulls kit because he did that. I think, you know, I, I think, Henri would suit. I mean there was a bit of there was a bit of coolness about him. So I don't know whether he'd suit, say, the Seattle shirt, you know, one that's truly out there. But um, you know, I think I think that 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 LA Galaxy shirt of last year, the one that was the the black and green kind of hair, going back to the ninety six days, I think that shirt with Thierry Henry, I think he'd he'd pull that off. I think it'd be quite cool. But then saying that, I would love him to have been in Atlanta shirt. So I might have to change the green to a red and choose one of Atlanta's classics.
3: That LA Galaxy kit from last year was particularly good. Obviously, inspirations back from from nineties again, but a great kit. So, so yeah, Elliot, what 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 would you go for? Which your fantasy combo?
5: The player for me is is easy. I think David Beckham's one of the one of the best to to do it ever. Um, I, I, one of my favourite moments of. My uh, yeah, my childhood is watching him score that free kick at Old Trafford to get to get England into the uh, into the tournament. I, I it still sticks out to me now. I know exactly what I was doing, where I was standing, what I was wearing, uh, and the fact that he was a bit of a trailblazer. Um, you know, but for MLS when it wasn't anywhere near as big as it is now, it is is big. Looking back at what he what he did, that move is is massive. It's it's why MLS is where it is now. So it has to be David Beckham, and of course I want to put him in purple. Game in purple. <laughs> um, my, uh, I'll, I'll pick a, I'll pick a home, an Orlando home shirt. Just you know, as a traditionalist, um, the, the second home jersey that o- Orlando had in their MLS era, I've, I've got it. It's a, it's an authentic one rather than a replica. The, the quality of it. And I, we don't often talk about the quality of football shirts because normally we will just get the replica. Um the authentic version of that jersey is absolutely stunning. It's it's so, so great. Really, really nice. It's when they had gold, which I love. So it's simple, but I just think Beckham in this collar up would have been fantastic. So <laughs> that's what I'm gonna go for.
3: Yeah, I, I can see I can see Beckham in purple. I think that that would go. That that's that's a, a great combo. Please, but please honestly,
5: note as well the longs the long sleeve, that's classic Beckham as well.
3: It is, it is. Yeah, and just to finish off, if you guys just want to let everybody know where they can find both both Henry, both Elliot, on your socials, where we can see the pod, sorry, listen to the podcast or see it if it's on YouTube. Yeah, wh- where can we find you guys? So, so we are uh, MLS UK Show on on everything uh, on on Twitter
5: and Instagram. You can uh, watch the podcast on YouTube, uh, or of course, just listen wherever you get your get your podcast from. Um, we try and have a bit of a laugh with it as well. It's not just all straight up football talk. So, um, you know. Come and get involved. Come and play some of our ridiculous games, um, and uh, and yeah, join join the ever growing MLS community in uh, in Europe.
0: That was good fun and a couple of top lads. I'm not on about you and Tom Mike. I'm on about um, the lads from the MLS show. I thought they were, they were great, and and what a collection Elliot's got as well. And I think Elliot. Sounds
2: like a fucking legend, and
0: he's chosen the greatest
2: kit-slash-player mashup we've had ever on this pod
3: well that that that's quite a a a, posi- a good positive feedback there no it, it it was really good it was really good you no know, Elliot's little collection that he kindly showed us as well which we're hoping to snip up a little bit of video of so people can actually see it, it was amazing you know someone having a match one on Risha is one thing but I don't know can you call it a match technically a match one Ed Sheeran shirt as well that's that's something you don't hear every day but no it, it was really good the, the guys they, they, you know, it was nice to speak to somebody about MLS that, that, that knew more than we did because we're just kit geeks, really. It, it was, it was a lot of fun. Love to get them back on again.
0: Let's, uh, let's move on to Scotty Rance. <laughs>
2: So I thought I would keep it topical this week, due to the guests that we have had. And it's no secret that my biggest gripe about shirt designs is, of course, the plain back. And I think we have finally seen the peak. And it is thanks to no other than fucking Adidas and their new template. So everybody was raving about the new releases and a lot of people's favourite new release was the incredible Bruce Lee Seattle Sounders Away shirt. Well, I don't think I've ever seen a fucking design disaster class than this fucking shirt in my life. It has a spectacular snakeskin pattern and that really bright red with the luminous yellow details all around it. You fucking stroll around to the cunt's waist, and they've thrown a fucking luminous yellow border in, and a fucking a plain black back. They haven't, even, they haven't even tried to amalgamate that whatsoever. All the other shirts have got the same template. None of them are like that. It's like, it's like the fucking design's fallen off a cliff. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It will now be forever the example of how shitly you can design a shirt by using a plain back. And there doesn't seem to be any explanation for it. You could put any colour or number on that red snakeskin pattern, and the referee would be able to fucking see it. Somebody tell me why. Someone in a design room thought this is a this is a fucking great idea. Look at this shirt. They obviously didn't stand side on until it was too fucking late, and they'd already made the shirt fucking awful.
3: It's hard to know what to say after these, isn't it? Really, I'm starting to think that the only reason for it is to piss you off even more. To be honest, but, but you've, I will say,
2: you it, though, right? You've seen it.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do agree. I, I'm. I've always said I'm not. I'm not arguing for playing backs. I'm not a fucking moron. But I don't. I definitely don't hate them as much as you. However, with this one, I, I do agree. I think I would have hated it less. This is going to sound ridiculous. If it was yellow the, the, the colour of the trim and everything. You know, that there, there could have almost been something in it then if you'd have then put a cool red name set on it. And again, sort of like in contrast. But i got to say, I'm with you on this one. I, I don't understand the the, the black fact. It doesn't make sense.
0: I love the, the fact that we're referring to football shirts like the plain back, like something out of a bloody nature documentary or something like that. I'll tell you what, <laughs> if anybody's dipping into this, they're going to think, what the hell? Um we need to move on. Tom, do you take your shirts from behind like Scott or do you not really mind about this uh, the playing back?
1: Well, I just Googled Bruce Lee really quickly and it came up with his signature moves. And do you want to know what number 10 of these, uh, it, not what the 10th signature move he has is called? It's called the <laughs> nut punch, which
0: would floor anyone, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that's another week done, gone below the belt there. So uh, that's, where, that's where we'll stop. But uh, what have we got coming up in future weeks, people? Scott should introduce next week's one. Scott, you know what we've got, don't you? It's good timing, Scott.
2: From Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> we've
0: got Steve from Redman TV, and he's a very, very nice guy. And we oh, go through.
2: That's yeah. quite funny. I just blocked them on Twitter, actually. For fuck's sake. Probably undo that. <laughs>
0: You're going to take us through his seven favourite Liverpool shirts um, of all time. What else have we got coming up after that, Mike? Uh, you know, I, I'm finding it hard to focus right now.
3: But are we, so what? What have we got? What have we got in the pipeline? So, so we are still. I'm still trying to put together our little non-league special. Uh, we've got a, kind of a Gareth Bale slash Wales special that we're going to be recording as well. So, oh, oh no! And of course, we've still got going on. We're still asking everybody to throw their emails in for their five greatest shirts of all time We've already had more submitted to this than we had for the top 20 and 22. So it's coming in, it's coming on really, really well. I get, like I touched on before, some amazing stuff in there. So every, anybody listening, just get your five shirts in to hello at
0: ttkaopod.com. Thank you. That's going to be wild. We've also got former international footballers come along and former international managers as well, I think, also coming along as well, actually. We've got all sorts going on. Uh, we've got a giveaway that closes tonight as this goes out on Monday the 6th, haven't we, Mike? Yes, we have. That was one, That was the one that
3: was kindly given to us by uh, Granny's Football. Uh, it's a really, really smart shirt. It's a, a really rare one, to be honest with you. This this shirt, I've not seen it being sold for less than 100 quid anywhere. So it's a nice little shirt to get hold of. It's a Nassinel shirt from Uruguay. So if you haven't already, get on the socials and, and have a little look at
0: that. And keep your eyes peeled for another future giveaway coming in the uh, coming week. That's us done, isn't it, Tom? That's it. They think it's all over. Scott? It
1: is now.